0: Well, good morning, Orchard, and to all of those of you watching online, welcome as well. That video is what you get when our student pastor has a say in the videos we make, so I'm sorry about that. Listen, before we start, you know, I've stood in the back of the service last night and then again this morning during worship, and don't we just have an amazing worship team here at Orchard? Don't they do an amazing job leading us in worship? Man, I love those ladies and those men. They do such a great job. Today we're going to be uh, in week three of our series. So go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 12. That's where we're going to be on your phone and your Bible. We're also having on the screen if you don't have uh, something with you today. But before we do that, I want to tell you uh, about something that's happening in two weeks. On June the 30th, it's Sunday night at 5 p.m., Um, over in the multi-purpose room. We'll be having our second interest meeting for the location that we're launching over in Thornton. Uh, So if you live over in that area and you've been thinking about this, you've been praying about this, maybe this is the first you've heard of it, you're considering living on mission in the community in which you actually live, we'd love to invite you to that meeting at 5 p.m. on the 30th over in the multi-purpose room. You'll hear uh, from me, from Doug. We're just gonna share some of our vision, what it's gonna be like, answer any questions that you may have. So June the 30th, it's our second one. Uh, Make sure that if you're considering, you're thinking about that, that you come to that meeting. We'll have a good time that night. It'll last about an hour. We'll have childcare for you, so be sure um, you come to that. Well, this morning, we are in week three of The Forgotten God. And I've loved this series uh, because I think The Forgotten God, who is the Holy Spirit is something that we need to think about. We need to talk about more often because we truly do forget that we have the Holy Spirit with us. And so uh, week one, we started this with the presence of God. And if you've trusted Jesus as your savior, if you've accepted him as Lord, then you have the presence of the Holy Spirit with you forever. You can never go anywhere and lose the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then last week, Doug uh, shared a message about the the power of of the Holy Spirit that we forget that we have the power but the same is true if you have trusted Jesus as your Savior you have the full power of the Holy Spirit living in you now sometimes we don't access it sometimes we don't believe that we really do and so we don't experience it but the truth is we have the full power of the Holy Spirit inside of us if we have accepted Jesus as our Savior but power is not the only thing the Holy Spirit gives us The Holy Spirit gives us something else. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you've said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives you gifts. The Holy Spirit has given you gifts and this excites me because I like gifts. Does anybody else else like gifts? Those of you who didn't raise your hands, I just don't understand your life, all right? I love gifts, I get excited about gifts. It's my love language, both giving gifts and receiving gifts. I remember when I was a little kid, my parents would put all of my Christmas presents on one side of the tree and they would put all of my sister's Christmas presents on the other side of the tree. And on Christmas morning, they would get them. we couldn't come out of our rooms on Christmas morning until they gave us the go ahead, the green light. And they got up to make a cup of coffee. And for some reason on Christmas morning, it took them like an hour to make a cup of coffee, you know? It's like, mom, dad, I'll make it for you, really. You know, I'm seven, I'll make your coffee. And finally they would say, okay, you can come open your presents, and we would run into the room, you know, and I would slide like I'm sliding into home plate, and I'm already in two presents in by the time I finish sliding, like, I'm just ripping into my presents. And if you were to look over at my sister, she's like unfolding the corner, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, this is nice paper, you know, I'm like, you're insane, you're crazy, who cares about the paper, the good stuff is inside, Right? The good stuff is the gift that's inside. And so I would just be tearing through my presents. And, and I would go way faster than her. She's taking her time, actually thanking mom and dad for stuff. And I'm just ripping into it. You know, and then I, I just, I like presents so much that I just couldn't control myself. I didn't really pay attention. I didn't read who they were to, you know. And I'd open one and be like, well, I don't know why you got me a Barbie, but okay, you know. And I don't, I don't know why you got me a makeup kit. but I, And they'd be like, Michael, you're done with your presents. Stop opening your sisters. I just, I like Presence. I like gifts. And I think that most people do. And I have good news for you. All right, I have good news. If, you, if you're having a bad morning already and you come in here, I've got good news. This should put a smile on your face. God likes to give gifts. Did you know that? Some of you didn't know that. I know because I see the frown on your face. God likes To give gifts. In fact, Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, it's recorded, Jesus is saying this, so if you sinful people, that's the bad news because he's talking about us, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father, how much more will God give good gifts to those who ask him? God likes to give good gifts. And one of the ways he does it, maybe the primary way he does it is through the Holy Spirit. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have said yes to him, you have been given spiritual gifts. Now, they're not all the same. My gifts may not be your gifts. Your gifts may not be your husband's gifts. His gifts may not be his children's gifts. Our gifts are not necessarily all the same. They can be different. But if we have trusted Jesus, all of us have been given gifts from the Holy Spirit. But I also know this, that in the Christian life, there may not be anything more misunderstood than spiritual gifts. But there also may not be more than anything more important than our spiritual gifts. We misunderstand, we don't understand it. It it kind of throws us off. It's something like we're not real sure how to do it. But it's one of the most important things that we need to understand if we are followers of Jesus. And before we move on, I understand there's some extreme views on spiritual gifts. There's some views that say, hey, we use all of them today the same way they did in the Bible. There's some views that say we only use some of them today. There's gifts on both ends of the spectrum. Listen, my goal this morning is not to convince you to join one of these sides, We can believe differently about spiritual gifts and we can still be friends. My goal this morning is to help you understand that if you are a follower of Jesus, you have spiritual gifts and to help you see the importance of you using those gifts. That's what our goal is today. So what exactly are we talking about when we talk about spiritual gifts? Because it is misunderstood. You know, for most of my life, I thought sarcasm was a spiritual gift. My wife says no. I think the Holy Spirit still appreciates it from time to time, but they're misunderstood. So we need to be on the same page. We need to have the same definition of spiritual gifts. And so this is in your notes. This is what I'm talking about. This is what spiritual gifts are. Spiritual gifts are supernatural abilities given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. Spiritual gifts are supernatural abilities given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. And this is so important for us to know and understand because since spiritual gifts have been around, since Jesus left earth and ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit came and began giving spiritual gifts to followers of Jesus, people have had questions. There has been confusion and some chaos about spiritual gifts. In fact, what we're gonna read in 1 Corinthians today, the church in Corinth, which was a wild city, uh, they were confused about spiritual gifts. And so they sent something to Paul. They sent a messenger or a letter and they said, hey, we're confused. And they were confused because people had started coming into the church and they were doing things that seemed to be filled with power, that seemed to have some some might behind them. It was fortune tellers, it was priests and prophetesses, and they were doing things, and the church just kind of had this weird feeling and they thought, you know, I don't don't think that's a spiritual gift, but there's power behind it. And so they write to Paul and they say, Paul, we're confused. Can you help us on these gifts? And so in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 He writes to them and he answers their questions. In verse one, we're going to start. He says this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about the special abilities the Spirit gives to us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he says, listen, guys, Listen, I want you to know about spiritual gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to have any doubt about them. I want you to know this as, as well as you know anything. I'm glad that you asked me this question. Then he keeps going in verse four. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the works in all of us. He says, listen, yes, there are different spiritual gifts. We have different spiritual gifts, absolutely. And we use them in different ways. They work in different ways, absolutely. But here's how you can know. Spiritual gifts are never at odds with each other. They never create confusion. They never create distrust. They never create uh, ununity where we're fighting and we're arguing. They don't create that. They create unity. They don't tear down. They, They build up. If what you see people doing is tearing down and not helping others, it is not a gift from God. He says, I'm glad you asked. And then they ask a question and maybe it's a question you've asked before. I know it's one I've asked and he gives such a great answer. Maybe you've thought this before. Well, what do I do with my spiritual gifts? Like how do I really use them? And Paul tells the church in Corinth here this in verse seven. He says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We've been given a spiritual gift so that we can help each other. This is so important for you to understand. Listen, church, your spiritual gift, you have been given one. That gift is not for your benefit. It is for the benefit of someone else. Your spiritual gift is to help the people around you. It's to help them know Jesus. In fact, your spiritual gift allows Orchard to have the mission that we have. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus, but that is done through your spiritual gifts. It's your gifts that help people come into a relationship with Jesus. And so our gifts should build others up. It should grow them. It should help them know Jesus better. It should help them in their lives. Never tear them down. And so a great place to start when you're thinking about spiritual gifts and are you using them is are you helping someone? Are you helping other people out or are your spiritual gifts just for you? Because if you're just using them on you, you're not really using your spiritual gifts. And so since all believers have spiritual gifts, every single one of you may, you may think, man, Michael, I I had a conversation with a lady the other day and she said, "I, I hear what you say, but I just don't feel like I have a spiritual gift. But I'm telling you, if you have trusted Jesus as your savior, you have a spiritual gift. All believers do. The moment you trust Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with you and he gives spiritual gifts. And so it's important that you understand them, that you know what they are. And so today we're going to learn about spiritual gifts and how we can identify them and how we can use them and what they look like. And let me just say this. If you're just checking church out today, maybe you came because it's Father's Day. Maybe you came because your neighbor promised you lunch, but you're not, you're not real sure about this whole Jesus thing. You're just checking it out. One, we're glad that you're here. You are absolutely welcome here anytime. But two, it's kind of a cool Sunday for you because you can kind of just sit back and relax and see behind the curtain to what those of us who have f- called Jesus our savior, what we've signed up for, what we've committed our lives to. So we are glad that you are here if that's you today. So before we begin identifying what spiritual gifts are, I think it would help us if we looked at what they're not because they can be confusing. So we're gonna look at a few things that spiritual gifts are not. The first thing that a spiritual gift is not is it's not a natural talent. Spiritual gift, it's not a natural talent. It's not something you're born with. You know what I'm talking about? You, you hear someone singing and you're like, man, they have the voice of an angel. Like, that's just, that's amazing. And then you hear somebody else and you're like, did a coyote get shot in here this morning? I've, right? It's not a spiritual gift. It's not something that you're born with. I'm, I'm coaching t-ball right now, four to six-year-olds. And there's some boys on this team and they've got an arm on them. Like they're just born, they, they can just throw a baseball. And there's some other kids on the team that really the safest place on the field to be is wherever they're trying to throw the ball. Because that's the one place it's not going, you know? <laughs> I've seen more kids look this way and throw a baseball and it go that way than I've ever seen in my life. It's just not a natural, they just don't have the natural talent. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. You're not born with them. A second thing spiritual gifts are not, they're not given to the elite few. This is not a pageant. Ladies, how many of you watch The Bachelor? Let me be honest. Yeah. We're, we need to do a lesson about lying in church, okay? <clears throat> oh, let me ask you this way. Ladies, how many of your husbands watched The Bachelor? Does that help a little bit? Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> more hands went up. Absolutely, yeah. Well, listen, spiritual gifts is not a rose ceremony where the best of the best get them and the rest leave and have to figure it out on their own. It's not something that only the elite few of us get. Spiritual gifts are given to all believers. It's not for the elite few. The third one is this, a sign, it's not a sign of spiritual maturity. This comes up a lot in the church, that, hey, my spiritual gift is better than your spiritual gift. It shows that I love Jesus more. My spiritual gift is worth more, it's more valuable, it's more important. Listen, this is not true at all because you didn't earn your spiritual gift. It was given to you. Spiritual gifts are equal. They are given freely and they are equal. They are not a sign of spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is not that you have gifts, it's that you're using your gifts. You want to to convince me you're a spiritually mature follower of Jesus? Show me how you're using your gift, not what gift you have. Spiritual maturity is not a sign that you have the gifts, or or gifts are not based on your spiritual maturity. They're given to everyone. The fourth thing is this. uh, Spiritual gifts are not something to fear. How many of you have ever seen on TV the guy who's up there shouting and he's spitting and he's hitting people in the face and they're falling over, you know, and you're kind of like, that's that's a little bit weird. You know, like, I don't don't know, how do you get them to come up on stage and get smacked like that? You know, it's a little bit, it's, you're a little bit afraid. It's just something a little awkward about it. When I was a freshman in high school, our basketball coach uh, invited all 12 of us to his church. And when you're a freshman in high school and your basketball coach asks you to do something, you just do it. And so we all went and we're sitting kind of in the back and I'd grown up in church, but I had not grown up in a church like this. And I remember during the message, men and women were running all over the place. They were shouting, they were screaming. He was talking, I didn't understand what he was saying. And then people started coming up front and he was putting his hand on their head and they were falling over. And I remember as a freshman in high school, like I I was just a little nervous, you know, I was like, "I, I don't know what's going on right now, you know? And then it got worse. Because he said, today we have a coach's freshman basketball team and I want to call you up here to line up. I'm going to fill you with the spirit today. And I thought, oh boy. And so we come up and I'm standing in the middle and there's guys on both sides and he starts on this end and he's talking in ways we don't understand. People are shouting and screaming. There's men around him and he's, he's putting his hand on, on the guys on my basketball team and they're falling over. And I remember I'm looking down the line thinking, he's got five more to get to me, I gotta figure something out here. Because this is something I didn't know as a freshman in high school. I had been saved since I was a kid. I knew that when you get saved, when I got saved, I got all the Holy Spirit I could ever get. So I don't know what he was gonna try to give me, but it just wasn't gonna work. (laughs) So he's coming down the line and I'm praying, God, now would be a good time for the rapture. Let's just admit it. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't know how else to get out of this. And, and one by one, these guys are falling over. Guys that, like, I knew, I knew these, some of these guys, I know that they didn't have the spirit in them. Let's just be honest, because I, I know. And they're falling over, and he gets to me, and I'm thinking to myself as a freshman in high school, this is about to be bad. One of us is about to be really embarrassed, and it ain't going to be me. And so he stands in front of me and we look eyeball to eyeball for about 15 seconds. It was so awkward and he's talking. I can't understand him. And then he moves to the next guy, never puts his hand on me, never touches me, just moves to the next guy. And he goes down the line and all of them fall over. The church is going crazy. I can't understand anything anybody's saying and I'm standing in the middle of the church up front like this. I just turned around, I was like, well, it's almost lunchtime, we gotta be getting out of here soon. I went back to my seat. That moment, you know, there was some fear there. There was some fear, that, that was an extreme uh, idea of spiritual gifts, but, but true spiritual gifts are not something that we should fear. You should not fear the gifts that God has given you. And number five, spiritual gifts, they are not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, if you don't know, it's evidence that Jesus is living in you. It's evidence that you have trusted Jesus and that you are a follower of Jesus. The fruit of the spirit is the evidence that you believe in Jesus. Paul describes it like this in Galatians, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Have you ever met the person who says, "Listen, I just don't I don't have the patience." Like God didn't give me that. That's, you know, I'm just go go go. I don't have the patience. Or maybe they say, man, I got too much to do to be kind and be nice to people. I'm all business. I'm getting things done. I don't have the gift of kindness. Never met somebody like that? I want to say to them, no kidding, because those aren't gifts. Those are fruit of the Spirit. Those are just evidence that Jesus is living in you. And so if you're verbally saying, hey, I'm just not kind, I'm just not patient, I would say, hey, Jesus is your Savior he kind of says, you better be those things or he's not in your life, right? It's a fruit of the spirit. It is showing that we have committed our lives to Jesus and those things, the fruit of the spirit are always produced in all followers of Jesus. We all have the same fruit. They are not optional. You know why an apple tree is called an apple tree? I researched this a lot this week because it has apples growing on it you're welcome for that research (laughs) if an apple tree never had apples hanging on it you know what we would call it you guys are smart a tree that's exactly right we know what it is because of the fruit we see coming from it the fruit of the Spirit is the fruit that comes out of us because we believe in Jesus it is not a gift given to us it is naturally produced out of us because we have trusted in Jesus and so you cannot say hey i don't have that fruit i don't have that fruit that's not the fruit no 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 if you believe in jesus you should be producing all of these examples and evidences that jesus is in your life we should be producing the same fruit but we don't all have the same gifts we have each been given gifts to use in our daily life and those gifts can look different so how do we know How do we know what our gifts are? How do we discover our gifts? Maybe this morning you're thinking, Michael, I want to use my gift. I'm just not really sure how to do that. How can we discover? Let me give you a few things that I think would be helpful for you to ask to help you discover your gifts. Here's the first thing we should all ask is what does the Bible say? That's our number one value here at Orchard is what does the Bible say? This is a great place for us to start. Can can we open the pages of God's word? And has he spoken to us about spiritual gifts? And he has. He has all throughout the New Testament. He shares examples. And some of those examples, I encourage you to go finish reading this uh, chapter in 1 Corinthians 12. It lists some of the spiritual gifts. It's not all of them, but it lists some of them. And I I wanna share some of the ones it lists this morning with you. It lists wise advice. Do you have a friend or you know somebody that, I mean, they just, they're good at life. They just get things. Their decisions always work out well. Their gift is probably wise advice. Or or what about this one, knowledge? This is somebody who is a good teacher. They're good at discipling others. They're good at at teaching people. They just have the knowledge of of God's word and what he says and they're good at teaching people. Or maybe, maybe this one, faith. This is a gift. This kind of manifests itself a lot of times in prayer. Maybe you know someone that that they just have more faith in God than anybody you know. And when they pray, like it, they just pray heaven down. When we were uh, pregnant with our first child, Quincy, we went to one of our ultrasounds and they did the ultrasound and, and the girl doing the ultrasound, um, she wasn't supposed to say anything at the moment, but she, she scanned Quincy's heart and she stopped. She said, oh, we, you know, this is our first ba- baby. You don't say, oh, in an ultrasound. And we said, what? And she said, oh, there's a, there's a big spot on her heart. She's gonna have severe Down syndrome. And so we had to go down the hallway to the doctor's office and he said, yes, that's, that's really one of the number one signs of this. And so you need to begin considering other options and we're gonna schedule you with a specialist, but it'll take about 10 days to get in because it's a specialist. They don't have a lot of appointments. And I remember getting back in the car This is supposed to be a joyous moment that we celebrate and we're just devastated. And I didn't post it all over social media. I didn't call everybody. I called about five people, five people that have that gift of faith. And I said, I just need you to pray for our little baby. And they said, okay, Michael, I will. And I knew they were praying and 10 days goes by and we go on a Friday afternoon to the to the specialist and we go into their ultrasound and she's doing an ultrasound and I'm like, hey, what do you see? What do you, you, know, what do you think? And she kept saying, Mr. Talley, I can't, I can't tell you anything. I was like, tell me something, please, you know? And she's like, I am not allowed to say anything. And so she gets done and we go into the doctor's office and we wait an hour and a half, two hours. And I'm just drained. Like I'm just, I just had nothing left in me. I, I was just delirious at this point. And I remember I'm standing looking out the window And the doctor walks in with a folder and he says, well, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you. And I just think my world's about to crash. And he says, I don't see anything. That baby looks perfectly healthy. That's because some people have the gift of faith. They have the gift of prayer. Yeah, you can celebrate that. And they went to God on my behalf expecting him to do something. And he did. We all have spiritual gifts. Here's another one that we have the gift of healing. Now this one's a controversial gift. This is one of those extremes I was talking about. So somebody here who's hurting, I'd like to bring you up on stage. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You got real nervous, didn't you? You got quiet in here. (laughs) No, this one's controversial. Uh, And people, you know, have questions. It's controversial like the next one. Miracles is a spiritual gift that Paul lists. Sometimes we wrestle with, we have questions. We're not sure about these. Now, here's what I would say about these is that here at Orchard, we, we believe that God still heals and we believe that God still does miracles. Now, you and I may disagree in how that looks and how that plays out. But at the end of the day, we still believe that God is a God who heals and God is a God who performs miracles. We believe they happen. And if you have more questions about those, man, I'd love to. For you to have a conversation with him, just email me. It's, at, it's Doug at orchard.church.com. Just <laughs> fire away. Really questions about anything. <laughs> these are controversial ones that we will uh, explore later on. And you can go to Got Questions. Uh, that has, is a great resource where you can look at some of these as well. Here's another one that he lists, Prophecy. Now, this is, this is somebody who, usually this is a, a gift that a preacher has. Somebody who uh, is willing to share the gospel boldly. They're not ashamed. This is not prophecy. Like, there's a guy who wrote a book, Ten Reasons the World's Going to End in 1988. <laughs> and then the next year he wrote a sequel, Ten Reasons the World's Going to End in 1989. <laughs> right? Not that kind of prophecy. Prophecy is just uh, expounding on God's word to people, boldly proclaiming the truth of Scripture. Or this, this gift, discernment. My wife has this gift. I'll meet somebody, I'll meet a new person and I'm like, oh, they seem nice, you know? And later I'll talk to my wife and she's like, there's just something uneasy. I just, I don't trust them. Listen, if she says that about you, we're just not gonna be friends, okay? You're done in my life. Because she's never been wrong. That's a gift she has. And so I lean on her. I trust her with the gift of discernment. And then this one, languages. This is one of those controversial ones. As well And in fact, next week, as we wrap this series up, this is going to be one of the topics Doug talks about: being filled with the spirit. What does that mean? What does that look like? So if you really are interested in that one, I would invite you to come back next week. So this is the list Paul gives in First Corinthians, but you know what? That wasn't the only church who struggled with gifts. The church in Rome also had questions. They didn't understand gifts as well, and so he writes to them in Romans 12. In Romans 12, he gives them another list, and he says this, "Hey, this is a gift serving." It's a gift. You ever met the person who just, like they just help with everything. The trash needs to be taken out. Something needs to be swept. Something needs to be put up. Something needs to be unloaded. They're just, they're just there. That's a gift. That's a gift from the Holy Spirit. Or what about this one? A teacher. This is a gift. I, I love when my kids come home from their OC kids class and they're telling me the lesson and they're excited about it because their teacher explained it in such a clear way. Those teachers have the gift of teaching. It's a gift that God has given them. And what about this one? Encourager. We all love being around someone who is encouraging, right? No matter how bad our day is, we get uplifted and we leave from them feeling better than we did when we came. I love being around people with the gift of encouragement. Or another gift he says in Romans is the gift of giving. If you have this gift, I'll be in the lobby after the service. I'd love to talk to you more about how you could use. I'm just kidding. But some people have this gift, they just see a need and they're just willing to give in whatever way they need to. Time, money, resources. they're just willing to give to meet that need. Or this gift here, leadership. Some of you are phenomenal leaders. You see a problem at school, you see a problem at work and you're just the one who rallies everybody. You just gather, you, you solve the, the issue, you're putting people in teams and you're just figuring it out. You have the gift of leadership. Or what about the gift of kindness or hospitality? Being hospitable to people this is this is not my strength like if you come over to my house i'm not the most hospitable person it's paper plates and directions to the fridge that's what you're going to get from me but my wife she she has the gift of hospitality we have dishes in our house i don't even know where she keeps them i'm not allowed to use them but if you come over you get to eat off of them I'm like, we we, we go shopping? You know, there's new stuff out here. There'll be flowers out. The house smells amazing. She she has the gift of hospitality. See, God gives gifts to all of us. We have all been given them. We see them in the Bible. That is a great place for you to look. That's a great thing for you to ask is what does the Bible say about spiritual gifts? But another thing that we should ask is ask God to show you your gifts, He's not trying to hide them from you. This is not a game of hide and seek. He wants you to know. He wants you to discover your gifts. He's not thinking, well, maybe this person will understand this one. No, he wants you to know. So ask him this week, God, show me my spiritual gifts. Show me when I'm in situations. Make me aware of what my spiritual gifts are. This is a great thing for you to ask. Another thing for you to ask is, what do you enjoy and do well? What do you already enjoy? What do you already do well? Listen, if you are horrible at it and you hate it, it's probably not your spiritual gift. Mercy is a spiritual gift and I know it's not mine. It's just not, I don't really like it a whole lot and I'm not real good at it. It's just not my spiritual gift. What do you do naturally? You're already good at it, you already like it. If you're leading at school, you find yourself leading projects, maybe your gift is leadership. If you're the friend everyone comes to with their problems, maybe your gift is wise advice, it's wisdom. If you're the, the person that all of your friends come ask you to explain things, they don't understand things, maybe you're, you have the gift of teaching. What do you already do? What do you already enjoy? And I understand, listen, this is an overwhelming list. And so saying, what do I already do? Well, how do I naturally respond is a great way to begin to identify your gift. So I'm gonna give you an example. And I want you to think about this with me and, and place yourselves in the shoes of one of these people. Because maybe this will help you identify your spiritual gift. Have you ever been in the grocery store? And I know it wasn't you, but I'm sure you've seen uh, a mom in there with three or four kids, and one of them's just flat on their face in the floor, just screaming, kicking, hitting the floor. anybody anybody ever seen that in there? I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, some of you are like, yeah, it was me this morning. All right. (laughs) So if you see that that's going on, and you go, you, you turn the corner, and you say. God, please be with that mom right now. She needs help and she needs patience and she needs, your gift is probably the gift of prayer. Right? That, that's your gift. That's how you naturally respond. If you run up to that child on the floor, floor who everyone else you know, wants nothing to do with it, and you lean over and through their spit and they're screaming and they're snot, you understand why they're upset and what they're saying. You might have the gift of languages. I don't know, that might be... <laughs> That might be your gift. If you go up to the mom and you start helping with the other kids so that she can focus on the one who's who's upset and you're just calming the other kids and taking care of them, maybe you have the gift of service. Maybe you go to the next aisle over and you grab a kid's toy and you bring it back and you give it to the kid to help the kid calm down. You might have the gift of giving. Listen, if you walk up to the mom with your phone and you say, hey, I've just uh, done a little research and here's 12 steps to have a happy kid. I'll share this with you if you give me your note. Maybe your gift is the gift of teaching. Maybe that's the gift that you have. If you walk up to the mom and you say, listen, listen. In 10 years, this kid's going to be in jail. (laughs) Maybe you have the gift of prophecy, right? God has spoken. Juvie is coming. Let's just be prepared. You have the gift of prophecy. Or maybe... If you turn that aisle and you see this going on and you just slowly fade back (laughs) and you disappear out the door, you have the gift of wisdom, right? I don't know. I don't know which gift you have, but we all have a gift certainly. And so we should pay attention to what we do well, what we enjoy to do. And then there's another one. What do others say about you? What do others say? Ask your friends, ask your family. They'll tell you, what your gifts are, they know. And another way that you can discover this is uh, there's a such thing as called a spiritual gifts test. And I would encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus to take one of these tests, they're phenomenal. And it's just a bunch of questions It'll take about 10 or 15 minutes. And it just asks you to respond to these questions. And based on how you respond, it'll tell you what they believe your spiritual gifts are. This is one I took here recently. I take one every couple of years uh, at this website, Team Ministry, uh, Gifted to Serve. I, I took one here. And it's a great resource. And then it gives me a list of my spiritual gifts. You can see mercy. I think they were just being merciful and said, we'll just color something in there for you, Michael. And then it breaks it down into your top three. And it, and it gives you, there's a lot more information about each one of these. It tells you how you can use them, what situations you should use them in. It's a phenomenal tool. And because we believe so much that followers of Jesus need to know and use their spiritual gifts, we purchase for a year an unlimited number of these tests. And you can go to this website right here, orchard.church backslash gifts, and you can take this test. I would encourage you this afternoon, before you take a nap, before you go to the game, before you go to the park, to spend 10, 15 minutes and go on here and take this test. Ask somebody else what your spiritual gift is. And then the fifth thing we can do to discover our spiritual gift, we can ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. Stop letting the Holy Spirit be the forgotten God. The Holy Spirit has given us these gifts and we need to ask him, we need to ask him to lead us and to show us and to give us opportunities to use these gifts because it is through your gifts that ministry happens. See, getting your gifts, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. Some of you, when you came in this morning, there was a bag that looked like this in your seats. Anybody get one of these bags? Anybody get one of these bags? Three of you over here. Did you open it? Yeah, did you open anybody else? Get one? Did you open yours? No, this lesson was for you then. Anybody, you, did you open yours? No? Man, you're some good people. Listen, when there's a gift that says, what's it say on the front of it? This gift is for you. Open the gift. <laughs> the gift is for you. If you take that bag and you throw it in the back seat of your car and you drive around, do you still have the gift? Yes. Are you using the gift? No. Will it change anything about your life if it's just in the back of your car and you never open it? No. As Christians, we have been given a gift. The Holy Spirit has given us gifts and so many of us toss it in the back seat, and we say, I've got a gift. We never open it. We never use it. And we just waste it. Here's the thing, I I hear so many Christians and they say, you know, I'm just unfulfilled. I'm just not, I'm not happy right now. You know, I just, I feel like we need to be going, I need to go deeper and I need to know more about the Bible and I'm just, I'm just restless right now. And here's what I would tell them. Nine times out of 10, it's because they are wasting their spiritual gift. They are not doing anything with what the Holy Spirit has given them. They haven't even opened it and they are missing out. They are not living life the way that God expects them to. And the people around them are missing out as well. We all have a gift and and you have been given a gift so that you can point people to the gift giver. That's why you have been given a gift so you can point people to Jesus. Paul says this in Romans 12, he goes on and says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, he's talking about the use of spiritual gifts, have many parts in each of us, and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And here it is, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. God has been graceful to all of us who have called on him to be our savior. And he has given us gifts. All of us who are believers have spiritual gifts through the Holy Spirit. And when we come together, we form the church. We form the body of Christ, both inside these walls and outside these walls. And Paul says, you've got to be honest with yourself. You have to evaluate yourself honestly and say, are you using what the Holy Spirit has given you? or Are you wasting it? Have you not even opened it? See, just coming here on a weekend and consuming is not using your gifts. You need to ask, am I contributing both here in the church and outside of the walls of these church? Are you contributing to the lives of the people around you through the gifts God has given you? Here's the question you need to ask. It's such a simple question, but it's so important. Are we using our gifts to help the people around us? It's such a simple question. If you're a leader in your workplace, are you using that gift of leadership to help point people to Jesus in your day-to-day life? If you serve in your workplace, if you serve in your day-to-day life, that's that's just what you're good at. Are you using your gift of serving to point people to Jesus, whatever your gift is? Are you just using it for your job? Are you using a gift the Holy Spirit has given you to help people know Jesus, to help change the lives of the people around us because the Holy Spirit has given us all a gift. And they work better when we function as one team, when we function as one body. And when one of us ignores the gifts the Holy Spirit has given us, the rest of us suffer. It affects all of us. And what amazing honor that God through his Holy Spirit would give us gifts. He could have saved us and said, you're on your own. But he said, no, 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 I'm gonna give you gifts. And so when Jesus leaves and he says, I want you to go and make disciples, he doesn't just leave it up to us. He says, I want you to go and make disciples. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit and he's gonna give you gifts to help you in your life. You have to help the people around you. You have to reach the lost with the gifts you've been given, but only you know if you're using those gifts if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes as we enter into a moment of prayer i just want to ask those of you who would say you know michael i've been a follower of jesus for a while now and maybe there was a time i was using gifts but right now i'm not really using my gifts and Or maybe you'd say, I've never opened my gifts. Maybe you'd say, I've never thought about my gifts. Whatever the case may be, if you have already trusted Jesus as your your Savior and you're here this morning and you would say, man, today when I leave, I wanna be refocused. I wanna be recommitted on discovering and understanding and using my gifts to help the people around me. If that's you, I wanna pray for you. Would you just lift your hand so I can pray for you? As the body of Christ, we should all say, we want to use our gifts. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for these men and women who have said when they leave this building today, they want to begin focusing on the gifts that you have given them through the Holy Spirit. And so I pray that their eyes and hearts and minds would be open as they go throughout their week and see the gifts that you have given them and how they can use them to help the people around them. With their heads still bowed and eyes still closed, Maybe you're here today and and you're one of those who's just checking church out. You're not really sure about this Jesus thing. Can I just tell you that God is the greatest gift giver ever. And he has given the greatest gift in his son, Jesus. John 3.16 says, for God so loved you. He loved you so much that he gave his son so that you would not have to die. You would not have to perish, but you could have eternal life. He gave a free gift of his son to you. Why would you ever leave this place with that free gift on the table? All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is take it. And so this morning, if you would say, Michael, today I want to accept that gift. I want to accept the gift of Jesus as my Savior. I would invite you to pray this prayer right where you are. There's nothing magical about these words. But if today you want to enter into a relationship with Jesus because of God's free gift to you. Pray this prayer. God, thank you for the gift of your son. Thank you that he died on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me. Today I accept your free gift and I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. With head still bowed and eyes still closed, I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I'm not going to call anyone out. But I just want to pray for you if you made that decision. If you just opened that gift that God has so graciously given to you. I want to pray for you. So on the count of three, I just want to ask you to raise your hands. No one's looking around. No one's going to embarrass you. But on the count of three, if you just pray that, would you lift your hands? One, two, three. Lift your hands up over here on my left. I see down here in the front, over here on my left. Right over here, I see you over here. On my right, I see your hand back there. Thank you. And what a great day. You have opened a gift that has been on the table for you all of eternity. Let me pray. God, thank you for these men and women, these hands that went up. that have just left death and entered into life because they accepted the free gift that you have given them. And so I pray that as they leave here, they would begin to discover immediately their spiritual gifts. And they would use them and and walk in the fullness of life that you have given to them. We love you and thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Saying yes to Jesus is the biggest decision you can ever make. We've created this booklet to help you with your next steps. So, if you prayed that prayer, let us know by emailing us your address to yes at orchard.church and we'll send you a copy. Thanks for watching. Have a great week.